Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1301. Today, some secret behind-the-scenes stuff about the final scenes of The Last Jedi, specifically the Battle of Crate, thanks to the Visual Dictionary. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Taylor Gray from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And the thing about Crate is that this is not its first appearance. And we've talked on the podcast about how it was mentioned briefly in the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide as being a rebel outpost. Well, from the Leia Princess of Alderaan book, it was actually set up more than, say, three or so years. Well, I say more than three or so years before the events of A New Hope because that's when the novel Leia, Princess of Alderaan takes place right around her 16th birthday. So at that point, Bail Organa and Mon Mothma had already set up a base on Crate. It was a known rebel outpost to Leia. So when it came time to evacuate Yavin in one of the Star Wars comics, it was suggested that, hey, maybe the rebels check out Crate as a place to go hole up. And so they check it out. And unfortunately, it turns out that a miner that they work with to get themselves set up betrays them to the Empire, and this elite Imperial unit called Scar Squadron shows up to try to take him out, and of course, it doesn't work out because, you know, it's the heroes, and it's still in between Star Wars and Empire, etc., etc., etc. There's a reference to that in The Last Jedi Visual Dictionary. It talks about how the Rebellion hastily abandoned Crate during the base's construction when a traitorous ally alerted an elite Imperial unit, Scar Squadron, to their location. But the Rebels left behind there, and here we go. Uh, Spizok V120 and V232 artillery emplacements. Those are those giant cannon buildings that you see in The Last Jedi. And if you'll recall, we actually got the first look at those defenses at the D23 Expo back in July of 2017. That was part of the big Galaxy's Edge exhibit. There were also props and models and costumes from The Last Jedi on display there as well. And one of the other things apparently they were able to get installed prior to having to abandon the base was an energy shield. It says here that there is an energy shield to prevent orbital bombardment at this abandoned rebel outpost. So that's why the First Order can't destroy them from <laughs> from on high, and they actually have to come down to the planet like they did with the Empire Strikes Back. So that explains that particular bit of business. Now, I haven't read the Storms of Crate comics, so I don't know all of the details here, but apparently when the Rebels abandoned the base, the Empire did not come through and clean it up, obviously, because they left the cannon emplacements and the energy shield was still able to be activated and whatnot. But also, I guess there were 
cartridges. There were um, power cartridges for their blasters as well. And this is a really interesting side factor, at least I thought it was. I mean, it's such a small thing, but um, Pablo Hidalgo is writing about the blasters that they have. It says, breaking into Crate's Rebellion-era armories, the troops power up their weapons with old rebel cartridges. As a result, their blaster bolts change color from blue to red. So I don't think I had even been paying attention to the color of the blaster bolts. We all pay attention to lightsaber colors, right? But blaster bolt colors, that's one that I'm going to have to check out the next time I watch the movie because that is such a fine little detail. I was really impressed by that one. And then on the Empire side of the conflict, there were just a few things that I wanted to flag here. Yes, indeed, those were snowtroopers that you saw on Crate. And I love myself some snowtroopers. I think that if there's any particular stormtrooper affinity that I have, you know, I'm a Rebels and Resistance guy, really. But if there's any particular affinity I have on the Imperial side or the First Order side, it's for snowtroopers for sure. And it was snowtroopers that we saw on Crate. And here's the note about it. It says, although Crate superficially resembles an ice planet, it is in fact a temperate world. Salt coating and crystalline structure have enough in common with sub-zero environments specifically intense surface glare and low skid resistance that the first order deploys its sto- its uh, excuse me its snowtrooper forces as infantry the heating units that line their armor and gear are deactivated for this particular assignment so yeah i was pretty psyched to see those guys heading into battle and as they were going in with those gorilla walkers apparently the gorilla walkers it says they all assemble in classic veers formation <laughs> that's what that line of walkers coming at is referred to the veers formation in honor of general veers from the empire strikes back and i don't know if you happen to be aware of i think i mentioned it on the podcast but i didn't actually go into it on the podcast it was one of those situations where i said hey this exists and if you want to go check it out it's out there for you but there had been a leak of Lego sets prior to the release of The Last Jedi, and one of the Lego sets, which actually never got made or released as far as I know, was for a heavy scout walker. Well, that never appeared in The Last Jedi, but there is a note in one of those helpful little data file sidebars about it. It says here that beyond these armor units, and the armor units that are pictured include the ATM-6, and the ATST and ATAT that we all know, as well as the ATHH, the heavy hauler, or the tug walkers, if you will. It also says that the First Order fields ATMAs, which are all terrain mobile artillery, ATPDs, which are all terrain patrol droids, and ATHS, all terrain heavy scout combat walkers. So the ATHS is the heavy scout walker that was made into a lego set or at least in theory but never released the atma the all-terrain mobile artillery actually we've seen those before even though they didn't appear in the last jedi if you remember seeing those you know the promotional photos is where we first saw them but the scene where general hux is addressing all of the first order troops before star killer base fires on hosnian prime and if you looked out in the distance and off to the right hand side of the screen we all thought we were seeing brand new imperial walkers well what we were seeing were these atmas the all-terrain mobile artillery units and apparently that all-terrain patrol droid appeared somewhere in the force awakens as well I don't think I've actually seen any shot of it in frame or anything like that, but supposedly it's there. And if you think of it kind of like a spider walker, you remember the um, the spider ones that the Separatists had 
and imagine that it's been sort of reinforced to the level of, say, a Gorilla Walker, an ATM-6, then that'll kind of give you an idea of what they look like. In fact, I'll post links to the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com so you can see what the photos look like on Wikipedia. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then following up on Tuesday's episode about the effects of Finn's desertion on the First Order, there's one other factor that I did not account for that I want to share with you, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, if you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. All right, so this particular effect of Finn's desertion on the First Order really more applies to Captain Phasma, because as you'll recall, Captain Phasma, once she escaped out of the trash compactor on Circular Base, she had to wipe any record of the fact that she was the one who lowered the shields, and it turned out that there was somebody in the First Order who knew that she had done it, and she went on a manhunt to make sure that person got killed, so that way nobody knew of her transgression. Well... Let's not forget that there are three other people who know about her transgression, and that would be Han Solo, who's dead, Chewbacca, who is nowhere to be found as far as Phasma knows, and FN2187. So my oh my, does she have a personal reason for making sure FN2187 bites the bullet? Though it's not like she had yet really begun to hunt him down, per se, because The Last Jedi takes place pretty much right after The Force Awakens, so... Eventually, I'm sure she would have gotten around to doing something like that. But thankfully, Finn delivered himself right onto her doorstep. Very nice and polite of him. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not your cursed metal body, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.